0: Welcome to Design Speaks. This lovely podcast is brought to you by a graphic design geek and a regular human
1: being, aka a non-designer. We're here to chat about music, pop culture, cool places, and basically whatever we feel is relevant.
0: Hello, everybody. You are listening to a very, very special episode today.
1: And by very, very special episode, we do mean a very, very special episode.
0: We recorded an interview with Jason Bacher while we were in New York a couple of weeks ago. And Michelle is also back. Hey, Welcome I'm back. back. I'm back and alive and well. And today we are recording in Michelle's house. So... There may be some different sounds, like a tr- like a train <laughs> whistle, <laughs> but it's
1: appropriate because because. There is... Oh, because of the background <laughs> sound. Um, we recorded our entire interview with Jason inside of a cute little cafe in New York downstairs. Um, these really steep stairs that I was afraid to walk down.
0: Yeah, I was researching um, coffee shops near um, Brooklyn-ish area where Jason wanted to meet on the upper east side. <sighs> Lower. Lower East Side. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting my bearings back. He's going to be at, like,
1: no, you're wrong. <laughs> I've
0: been away from New York for a little while. It was definitely the Lower East Side. Um, and I, like, found a few, and I'm like, ah, some of these are, like, way too tiny. Like, they just want you to go in and get your coffee and leave. Or there's nowhere for us to, like, see sit and have like any kind of decent quiet spot to Mm -hmm. even like be able to record an interview. So I found this one it was um, Irving Farm Coffee Roasters and it was really cool they have like this really neat corner spot on this building. Yeah. And I'll let you tell them like how it was like with the windows all like the whole wall opened up.
1: Oh yeah the whole thing opened up it was really it had a bunch of natural light. Um, The bar like there, there was like the coffee bar but then along the window was an actual like seating area with a little table like like a bar like a bar yeah for you just to sit and look out of the window i took a picture i can post it to the show notes if yeah like. and i took a picture of you hey taking a picture phone oh yes that was pretty normal <laughs> for new york my phone died so many times in that place yeah um, but and, mostly because I was looking at directions.
0: Yes. And downstairs, so they had, this was the this, this was the clincher for this place. They had like this really cool downstairs spot. It's, like in this teeny little basement. And it would have been creepy, except that it was so cool.
1: Yeah, it would have been really creepy because the lighting was kind of dark as like well. like back behind the
0: barista bar. Yeah, I'm not even sure. <laughs> if it stairs. really is. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I'm not even sure if what we did was okay because everyone down there was kind of cool. Right? And on their computers? Like, there are a few people. Yeah, but laptops
0: weren't allowed upstairs. That was the other really interesting thing about this place is, like... I liked that a lot. You can only work on your computer and be antisocial if you're going to be downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> so. Except we were very social. If you are listening with anyone who does not like language, now would be the time. Um, this is probably our first... Yeah, it's our first episode. I think it's our first episode where we've actually needed, like... Uh, explicit warning. warning yeah this is your this is your warning so you can't say you weren't warned also it'll be on the episode on itunes where it had the big e yeah we'll <laughs> figure out how to do that for just one episode yeah so <laughs> here it is jason Bucker on design speaks sounds good so we're
2: recording. So, so, sounds good. I'm gonna record
0: on mine too, just so we have a backup. I'm sorry, what was
1: that? Uh, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't catch that.
2: So, so, so sounds good.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna make that into a jingle. Like you at, can.
2: Um, yeah, you can make a jingle. We need more jingles on right? our podcast.
1: like a dubstep remix.
2: You can do that. You can do that. I, I'll sign up on that.
1: Um, what was your motivation for moving here?
2: Uh, one, I, I, I wanted to change. Two, initially when I moved here it was pretty much work driven. So I moved here for work. I wanted to see what opportunities I could expand upon. We had considered when we were building our studio in Ohio and like what could that look like if it was in New York? Would it be better, faster, bigger? You know, what are the chances we could grow it in a different direction, being so in a different it, environment.
0: And what like what changed it's changed a lot. And how?
2: Um, coming here though originally was it felt very temporary. Because it wasn't yeah. necessarily a place I was like in love with. I, would, I didn't love New York. I wasn't like I had to get there. Mm. Then when I got here, I was like, oh, I can see why people move here. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, well, I'm never leaving, <laughs> or at least not for a very long time, because it takes a long time to acclimate. Yeah. It's like why run away from that after you?
1: After you have? Yeah. yeah. You've <laughs> made the investment of personal time and effort. Yeah. So
2: what's changed? Well, a lot of things. Being here means that my business is remote. So when I come to work every day, it's like. I, I work with my business partner, but it's probably once a month or less that we actually see each other in person. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. I mean, we see each other, like, through a screen. Okay. But um, most of the time when we meet...
0: So he doesn't live nearby?
2: He lives in Pittsburgh.
0: Oh, he didn't move here.
2: No, he did not move here. Oh.
0: Um, was, that, was that known that that wasn't going to happen?
2: Yeah, for a long time we had conversations about, like, what, where should we go?
1: Uh-huh.
2: And instead of trying to convince the other person that, like, we should move here and the benefits of moving there, it'd be like convincing a spouse, like,
0: I want to move to Charlotte.
2: You don't like Charlotte? But well, we should move there. You know, it's like, why have that conversation? Especially
0: with technology.
2: Yeah, especially in, like, the yeah. know, the way we live today, we can come to work that way. So we said, yeah. I said, well, well, let me move to New York. We'll work on being remote. And at the same time, we were thinking about moving our business in a different direction, uh, where we weren't managing the fulfillment Shipping and receiving. Yeah. So we said, let's send that off to someone else. We'll yeah. send you out. You can be remote. And we'll see what problems we face, and if they're so bad, then we'll revisit the decision, and maybe we'll move some. we somewhere together where we can be in the same physical space. That's cool. I certainly miss that though. I miss coming to work and like hi- high fiving everyone. You know? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> or maybe like, so you guys originally did not work
2: together. Yeah. Yeah. For like four and a half years. Okay.
1: I don't know any history. Yeah, no.
2: Either do I. Um, Oh, yeah. (laughs) Such a blur. (laughs) We worked together for four and a half years in the same space. And at one time, we had six people working for us. So it was really, like, a fantastic thing to come to work and and to, like...
1: Creating that team.
2: Creating that team and being part of those people's lives. Mm -hmm. I mean, hearing about what's going on with them personally, but also being invested in, like, in their life professionally.
0: I think that's why I really like... I go out of my way to do lots of different, like, creative community type things, because yeah. I work by myself all the time. It's like, if you don't make the effort to do that, it, yeah. it gets super lonely and, like, oh. really discouraging. It's yeah, <laughs>
2: It does. I mean, there are times where I wish more often, especially that Brian was around, where there was more of a physical presence, because even in times of, like... You know, when it's a miserable day, you wish you had someone to commiserate with, yes, right? Yeah. And when there was a day where like something grand happened, you wish there was someone to like go grab a beer
0: with, right? Or, or go
2: celebrate however it is you exactly. celebrate. But that's not always the case. So you end up just really being like high fiving okay, yourself. Yeah,
0: <laughs> so right.
1: I am awesome. The
2: beauty of that is it forces you to invest yourself into other people mm-hmm. that don't necessarily work with you, which is also valuable. Mm -hmm. You know, you go outside and and I celebrate my successes with people when they get off work and we all get together in the same place all the time and it's like the, the watering hole.
0: So where do you go? With- Where's your watering hole? It's a
2: place called Sweetwater. It's-, it's
0: actually a water angel. Yeah, watering <laughs> hole. Sweetwater
2: angel. Uh, James introduced me to it, but it's always it's what I call the office now, and I introduce it to other people that way, and then they it. call it their office. I don't think Sweetwater knows that we call it the office.
0: <laughs> You're like, would you consider um, changing your name? <laughs>
2: but yeah, there's like a really great uh, guy who works in named Patrick, and it's in New York there's not always that... I think everyone can find that commonplace where people know you, like Cheers, you know, everyone knows your name, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and Sweetwater's kind of that spot. I, I have that.
0: It's Epiphany Coffee. Yeah. We yeah. do. Right. So I have a weird question for you, so... I like weird questions. <laughs> I mean, I maybe it's not weird. When, we, when I was at the retreat with you, like, I almost assumed that you would, like, be using lots of profanity just yeah. because of, like, your your brand, so... Here which it is... Which I know what your brand is. Oh. That's why you say it for the recording. Oh. For the recording. G-F-D-A. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, where does that play into, like, your marketing? Like, why did you choose to do that if it's not? Like, oh. I know that you say that word, but it's not, like, just every other word in your, in your life. Yeah, I mean. Like, what was your angle? Like, what did you guys decide? Like, this was the cool. Oh, like, this was yeah. us. Like, this is what we want yeah. to do. Because I want to know how that conversation I went.
2: <laughs> I don't think we really decided that no, was, it was cool uh, or us. I think that's the, kind of the beauty of it. We did it for something else. Uh, so, GFK stands for Good Fucking Design Advice.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And the way the brand came to be was I was teaching a class. And it was the first class I ever taught. And I really wanted to deliver some wisdom to my students. I felt like I had been given such a great education. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, if I can give these students like one tenth of this in my class, I'll feel like I've done them a service. Amen. Perfect. And <laughs> your passion. Yeah, I really respected the, the teachers and instructors I had. They were like probably the first time, well, I can't say that, but I, I appreciated the knowledge that they shared with me. Mm-hmm. And they were very influential in the and the professional I am today, yeah. So, taught this class, and I realized, like, damn, these students don't really, they don't, they're not seeing, I'm not seeing the light bulb turn on
1: not when I'm giving it.
2: Yeah, but it, I didn't realize at the time the it, was, it was a matter of context. Like, mm-hmm. if you have someone who knows nothing,
1: mm-hmm.
2: they're not going to recognize the value of yeah. the advice. Right, they need to, the timing needs to be right for them to yeah. see the opportunity and the power of what you're telling them. Yeah. And so I took that frustration at the time. To Brian, we had a conversation, and jokingly, we said we should build a site where people can visit and just get advice. Like, where I don't have to look at your work to tell you it sucks. I can just tell you it sucks. And the only way that's going to be powerful is if we have profanity. So, the profanity was the hook. Got it. It was just the thing that. that,
0: that makes sense. Yeah, and as
2: designers, we apply rules to everything, right? Uh, in, in college, I had a teacher who said, Jason, you always make things harder than they have to be on purpose. And, uh, yeah, it's true, I've always built kind of this construct or limitations around or rules around what I'm doing. I have like a hundred examples of that in my (laughs) life. But GFDA was that, right? Black, white, red, Helvetica at the time. And only the F word, And only in a way that is an adjective. Describing, right, creates impact. Mm
1: -hmm. You know, Ryan and I
2: weren't like, oh yeah, fuck this, fuck that. We were just like, here are the rules we think this is really funny and if we're laughing that's an emotional response we created and I believe we can delay others with this and so we just built this website and, and people showed up and it was like holy fuck right? to use to be on brand
0: <laughs> to be on brand on my exclamation <laughs> And it was a lot
2: I mean, we were really taken by surprise and it's like building a business in reverse you know usually you plan
1: Mm-hmm. You like we're going to build a brand,
2: and we're going to have users, and here's what we're going to do. We were like, we're just building a site because it's funny.
1: And then it. And then
2: when people showed up, we're like, wow, uh, we'll we can maybe <laughs> make money, but we don't want to sell out. We don't want to post ads. We don't want to be traditional, because mm-hmm. obviously we're not. Um,
0: how long ago I was think, this?
2: Go ahead. Oh, this was 2010.
0: Ten. okay. It was quite a while ago. I think that's kind
1: of like, that. that's encouraging to me as a creative because sometimes we have these ideas and we're like, yeah, but I don't have, like, that's going to take so much work.
2: Time, experience, Time, money. Time,
1: experience, money. Yeah. Um, I don't have, like, a plan to get there. And right. It, sometimes sometimes, just sometimes it, it, it just doesn't matter. You just have to do it, jump in, and then learn as you go. Yeah. And that really worked out for you. It doesn't work out for everyone the same way, obviously. But it's just really cool that, like, you are a living example of what happened.
0: So I found Jason. I honestly, I can't say exactly when. I feel like it was um, right around the time that the the first GFDA poster came out. Um, Was it via Instagram? I don't even remember. I feel like, gosh it might have been twitter. Okay. I feel I was on Twitter a lot more, I think at to that time. They went it back. Yeah, that was it was like 2009 8. So he's been, been around he's been around know. a while. Yeah, I couldn't even put my finger on it, but um I don't think I subscribed to his um newsletter until like 3 years ago maybe, but um I really liked his format, um his it's very short and sweet like the newsletters that i often get from people are like really long and like all kinds of information which is great but sometimes like i'm subscribed to so many i just can't i can't soak all that in so his are really cool because it's like it's his his advice like in a title it's like a paragraph of description on what that means and then it's like so go do something
1: (laughs) they're little nuggets of wisdom and then go Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, it's really good. So yeah, that's kind of where I found him. And then um, I had a, I had approached his partner um, about possibly being a speaker for last year's design summit for AIGA, um, not realizing, I guess, that there was two different guys. I thought they were the same person. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> and You were just unaware. Yeah, I was know. unaware. So then when I went to the James Victoria retreat, um, I saw that he was going to be there. And I was like, hey, remember I approached you guys about coming to Summit. And he was like, oh, yeah, we should do that. And then we're friends now. <laughs> and is he coming? And he's coming this year. That's so exciting. that was for last year. So this year he's actually going to be here. He's going to be a speaker for the AIGA New Mexico Design Summit, which is our annual design conference. That second annual. is
1: very fun information.
0: Yeah, so he's going to be here. So if anybody is in the area, if you're... If you're in an area of New Mexico that has zero design things, come to Albuquerque. It's going to be, like, a couple nights, and it's going to be really fun. We're going to have a couple workshops. We're going to have three speakers, including Jason. Very cool. Yeah. Fun so. news. Yes.
2: I constantly remind myself when I'm faced with a creative block, or uh, I call it friction, right? Frustration, where I'm, like why how do I get to the next step and you know what it's always moving forward
1: mm-hmm.
2: if you're like working on a project and you don't know you're like oh, what do I do next you're like well I just keep tinkering around you know give yourself a time limit don't, don't like tinker into an oblivion or, or you know search for answers into an oblivion but say for the next hour I'm literally just going to create as many iterations as I can or, or go down as many rabbit holes as I can.
0: So do you have like a process for that? Like, do you have like a pretty clear process for your, what you do when you hit a wall or what do you, what you do like from the start of a project? Or is it just kind of like... It depends, it depends on what the project is. I think
2: because we have such a small team, we're faced with a lot of challenges that probably a number of designers don't face on the day-to-day, you know, we look at business challenges, we look at logistics challenges, we look at customer service challenges, we're looking at brand challenges, product challenges, um, and the process is different, client challenges, you know, we do client work too, so it's like, every day, it's like, I take one hat off and I put the other That's one on. That's a
1: completely different hat, right. working with people and yeah. what they want. Right,
2: and it's funny, the products that we make, most of them, if we're, if we're making them to sell, we make them for ourselves.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't. I mean, I know other people are going to use them, but I'm basically making them for myself.
0: Would you, you say yourself? that that's the trick?
2: That yeah, kind of it has like the just sauce. Make,
0: make it if you like it, because I'm finding that, and it, it just kind of solidified it more when I went to the James Terry Retreat. Like, just make the things that you love. Yeah. And like,
1: you are like build it, market. and they will come.
0: Almost. Yeah. Like.
2: Yeah, I mean you have some understanding of what people want
0: mm-hmm. uh,
2: but to build it solely for other people I don't know there's always a part of me and everything I do even if I'm not going to be a part of the end result If I'm building something for a client it, it might not be a brand or an opportunity that I'll ever engage in I'm still in it mm-hmm. there's still like a percentage of my, my thinking and my eye and my aesthetic in mm-hmm. that creation so
1: I think that's smart I think that's a good idea I actually was thinking About that yesterday But more on like A personal shopping For friends level Because I'm in New York I'm in a different Foreign place And I want to get Souvenirs and things right. For friends Birthdays are coming up And so I'm just like Man I found this hat The other day That I really liked That I thought My friend might like too Yeah Because we're friends We're similar in that way But anyway I was just like It's kind of weird That I shop for her by shopping for me right ish yeah Yeah. if you don't
2: if you don't appreciate it how can you expect others to
1: yeah it's like uh I don't like these comic books but maybe Brandy will (laughs) 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 doesn't make sense I think that's yeah. a
2: that's a, a, a good, uh, I don't know, scale or bar to set.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Because we feel like time. we have good <laughs> taste. And well, really everyone
2: excited. believes they have good taste. Yeah.
0: I think no, but the, I, I do.
2: Yeah. We actually do. Well, I, I, believe, I believe that you two do have good taste.
0: <laughs> no, I don't. I mean, we're interviewing you.
2: Yeah. Well, very good point.
0: <laughs> there you go.
2: I knew when you asked me for the interview that it was because of your taste. Yes. Your level of taste, of course.
0: You're a likable guy.
2: Yeah, taste is an interesting thing, too. We kind of, uh, I think we all, as designers, can relate to that. When you're faced with, like, client projects, you have to recognize that... Not everyone has the same level oh, no. of taste. Oh, no, they sure food. don't. And oftentimes when you put something very tasteful in front of a client who doesn't have that same degree of taste, they don't recognize it.
1: So a lot of times you're required to challenge them.
0: It's like right. humor.
2: Yeah, right. Yeah, that's, that's basically has the same sense of humor. why I had Spot to fire
0: on. a client yeah. uh, last year was because I was giving them something, like, yeah. really yeah. what yes. they communicated to me that they wanted, so I gave them like this high concept thing for this massive idea that they wanted and they just did not get right. it and they wanted me to do something that was like way down here and I was like, okay, I'm gonna do that because you paid me and then we're done. Because <laughs> like the communication here, like I got everything you wanted done on this thing. And you're yeah. like, oh no, no, no. And I'm like, okay, this is where I design this is my world up here in concept, and if this is what you want, I'm not your designer. Yeah. Have you ever run across anything like that?
2: Yeah, all the time. Uh, I find that's one of the most exciting times to be a designer, when you take what your client has asked for and you give them what they need, and when they see that, they are first in kind of like a rejection mode or question mode. But your job as the designer is to not assure them, but provide, like, proof. That, that this is, this is true. This is right. I promise you, this is what
0: oh. you need. <laughs> yeah,
2: and, and it's not promises that you can't deliver on. but right. But it's when I take a project on, if I'm not pushing the client's expectations, then it's boring to me.
1: For um, sure.
2: But I love the, uh, the the pushback from the client. I love when they're like, "Well," and you're like, "No, you know, put your trust in me. Mm-hmm. That's why you hired. Me. Otherwise." I won't work as a hired hand.
0: You know, Those but, are the projects I want to work. Yeah, on and that's what happened. It was like I tried to talk with them. I was on the phone with them, you know. Yeah. Trying to explain that this is what was going to work for them and all that stuff, and they were like, "No, we just want you to do this." And yeah. like sent me a picture of something they found, and I was like,
2: "No." So the projects, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I, I, the more I work with clients, the more I'm able to recognize. That's when, when I
0: can take care of the draft. That.
2: I'm it's a situation where your client will be like, "Yeah," and I, usually and I don't do get involved in that right. before, and you know.
0: Well, the weird thing was that I had done, um, it was for a theater company, mm-hmm. and I had done five other posters for them, and it was great. Everything was smooth, everything was, like, they loved all, everything that I was giving them, so it was like, this was like number six, and yeah. I was like, we've got a it's rhythm going. With you know what you're getting posters. from me already. And then it was just like, something changed, and I was like, okay. I mean, it's, if for some reason you think that, like, from now on, I'm not still going to do the same thing I've been doing then it's, mm-hmm. it's not gonna work. Have you ever had to fire a client or a client?
2: Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> How do you? I don't know the process of firing clients. Is it just? Is it awkward? People
2: use the word firing, but usually it's just
1: letting you know, it's them move on. Right,
2: right. It, it's all about fit. That
0: you makes know. Sense. It's kind of For annoying sure. when,
2: I don't mean this, you, you didn't come across this way, but some designers are like, oh, I'm firing so-and-so, I got the... It's like, you know yeah. what, really? It's just like a matter of probably someone's yeah. inability to communicate something very clearly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's always like a root cause of it. Yeah, totally.
0: it was more of, it's more like a stepping back.
2: Yeah, than, right. From like... Right.
0: and The project. I there's some make,
2: projects and directions yes. I just won't go. Yes. So if there's a difference in opinion or communication, then if we can't resolve that, then yeah, it's like, let's just go Our separate ways, pay me the kill fee, and, and we'll. Yeah. I'll, I'll find some, you know. Sometimes it's even, I'll find you someone who can do it for mm-hmm. you,
1: like referring. Now. Right? Yeah, I don't
2: do work if I know the client really yeah, doesn't need it.
1: Really
0: well.
2: I'd rather turn it down and be like, Hey, bud, yeah. like,
0: you're like,
2: Yeah, I could take your money, but yeah. I would also be taking you, and you're not a chump, yeah. so
0: right? Uh, and yeah. then people
2: are like, she Oh, said, you're a real human being.
0: Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs>
1: you're welcome. Congratulations, you met one. Yeah. It's like,
2: <laughs> Call me in two months when your brand has evolved and you're in a place where, you know, we have something concrete to work with. Otherwise, I don't think you're in a place for me to do any work for you.
1: So would you say that you had to step back from projects or have people move on to someone else that can give them what they want because of a lack of communication in the beginning? Like that they weren't able to clearly um, tell you what they wanted?
2: Uh, no, because it's our job to really figure out what they need. Okay. So we, I would say Brian and I are very good at kind of digging into what the client wants and then delivering on, on what they've communicated to us and what they haven't communicated to us. I mean, we do our own due diligence and in digging into the problem to, to kind of prescribe the right solution. Do you do, like, an official,
0: like, brief? Yeah, if the
2: project warrants it. Yeah.
0: I find that that's probably one of my best, like, weeding out. Yeah. Tools. Yeah. By the time I'm done with the brief, I already know if this is going to work with you or not. Yeah. Like, Or if you need to probably find someone different.
2: Right. We, you know, you workshop the client. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there are uh, things in the beginning of a project that will tell you. Uh, they're like tall tale signs that it won't, will or will not work. One of them is budget.
1: Oh, right. Mm-hmm.
2: You know, it's like if you're asking for something that's X, but uh-huh. you only have a budget to support Y, then it's like, uh, well, I can't work for free. So yeah. we have to figure something out.
0: It's also sort of a catch twenty two though because sometimes people like I don't like to start yeah. by saying like what's your budget but then um I it's because like people will say, Well how much would you charge me to do a logo? Yeah. It's like I can't tell you that unless it's on a flat rate. Yeah, yeah. I can't it's not like just one thing. Right. So that's hard, but then I just I don't like it to always just be wrapped around the budget. How do you handle that?
2: Sometimes I just ask the client, how much money do you have? Um, And I'm not afraid to just be like, well, if if there's a value trade-off, if I can find, like, if the client has visibility and there's opportunity for me to gain visibility through the work, then I'm willing to... Oversee or, you know, or let go of some of the price in order to open the door for that. But that's that's like a, a trade off, right.
1: right? That's like something we talked about in our early episodes of Design Speaks. When you mentioned Sean West, who talked about how you like value based like, pricing, value Value-based based pricing. Yeah, yeah. and how, like it's just like I never thought of that. Like, I this is all new to me. I am yep. not a graphic designer, <laughs> I am not anything. I don't draw I don't do anything (laughs) I don't know how to use Photoshop (laughs) I barely know how to use paint Anyway But it's just like Interesting that like You would Like if you were working with Nike You're probably gonna Charge a whole lot more Than you would if you are working With like a local Person You know I don't, it's just an interesting concept of like, oh, yeah, I want to charge them more. Yeah. i thought of it until we talked about it earlier. You know,
2: with pricing too, you have to recognize if you let yourself go for cheap, then the next guy no, no. has to go for cheap and the guy after him has to go for cheap. And you're kind of setting this expectation that the work you do is not worth anything. Mm. So, you know, yeah. one, I'm never afraid to ask for the value of what I'm worth. In fact... It's nice to make money sometimes. It's okay to ask for money. I mean, this is our
0: it's work. Yeah, it's your it's profession. This is how profession. We, like, support yeah. our livelihood. Very
2: true. Like, and then get creative with it. I think one of the ways I've been yeah. successful we should, we in making money time. at times is um, figuring out a way to make it more feasible for your client. So like, in the case of working with medium to, to uh, extra medium-sized businesses, you know, you take a look at their business plan take a look at their revenue streams and figure out how much they're making per month or annually. Like what's their gross profit? And then you figure out what is feasible for them on a month-to-month basis. So you take a project that's X amount of dollars and you break it up over 6, 9, or 12 months, and then you charge an interest rate on top of that if they decide to go with a payment plan. It's like buying a car. And that now, you can, now you can take a project that maybe they couldn't afford to give you a half down payment, but they can afford to pay you a little bit every month, and it's less of a buying a product and more of Making an investment,
0: right? And that's right. something that's really hard to educate clients on is that what we give them is an investment right. in their business. Right. And, in what and they I think do. we have to
2: structure the pricing that way.
1: Not everyone you talk to is that side of the business either. Yeah. Not everyone you talk to is handling money, dealing with the month to month. They're just like the face, the people who have like the ideas. Yeah.
0: Especially in Albuquerque, like the market is a lot of small to right. medium small businesses it. I and so like I just you set it up and asking you for like can i see your financials is like one of those weird like yeah. you don't have well, do I mean, money even if you don't <laughs> even if you don't
2: see the financials say give me a snapshot of of your revenue so i can have an idea of like how i can build a pricing strategy around this work and most of it is like i want you to be able to make this investment mm-hmm. Obviously, we're in this together. I want to improve whatever it is you're doing. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm investing my time and having this conversation. Mm -hmm. But in order to do that and and give you the most bang for your buck, I I need some idea. Yeah. And then let's build a a plan where you feel like you're not being taken Mm -hmm. and you're you're able to invest and, and still maintain your business. No one should ever have to, like,
1: let some of their business go or not be able to
2: operate their business or put, you know food on the table because they're buying design Mm -hmm. right yes that's kind of how I see it it's like you should be able to have both and as designers especially you know designers who work for themselves or have smaller businesses they're trying to find those um, static cash flows they're trying to find some stability in what they're doing and a payment plan actually works in that favor
0: yeah I like that idea I've only done as many I've, I've moved mine out for some clients only about two of them. Right. Uh, it's never really occurred to me to like do the interest thing, to yeah. just go longer. that's a really great idea. Yeah, I
2: mean, break the price up over 12 months. Then you can guarantee. It's like being on a retainer. And you can say, I can guarantee, I can guarantee I'll be making X amount of income every month.
0: Then you put about four or
2: five clients under that, and you're like, I'm getting a paycheck every month. Exactly. You know,
0: it makes it a lot easier to do your books too. Weekly paycheck for like eight years. Yeah,
2: weekly paycheck. I'm looking for an annual paycheck. (laughs) (laughs)
1: so up until now we've had a really fun talk with jason um we've talked about how he got to new york we've talked about a number of things along with his business um lots of information about process and firing awkward conversations (laughs) and so much more but right now we're about to get into something that kind of threw us like for a loop we didn't quite know what was going on because all of a sudden you asked him the question. I just
0: asked him, like, so you didn't bring me my poster or and something like that. So <laughs> what did you mean by that before we get into it? So when we were... So he has this poster. So I think that's... I talked about that earlier. Like, that was the first thing that I saw that he ever he ever created. And it's basically a bunch of his best and first um, effing design advice. Mm-hmm. Um, all on, like this big poster. And when we were at James Victoria Retreat, he pulled up his phone and he was like, here, I have a poster for you and showed me the family-friendly version that they make, which has all of the F-words blacked out, but Uh it's the same poster. And so he was like, I have one for you. And then he never sent it to me. And so I called him out. Good for you. Good for you. Okay. We'll get back to it. I just wanted to clear that up for everyone. Okay. Well... I was hoping you were going to bring my poster. Oh right, yeah. <laughs>
2: it's true. Well, you know, it's sweaty. It would have been a mess. That's
0: true. Maybe I'm maybe I'm glad. He, he was doing you a favor. Yeah. The family friendly, GFDA yeah. advice poster that oh, yeah. I was telling you about. Yeah. Because the so one you can oh, either that or I, I have to use my own sharpie.
2: I've seen it done. <laughs> have
0: you?
2: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, the poster has been out for almost seven years. I've seen pretty much every iteration. Iteration. <laughs> uh, people for the longest time were actually just taking a screenshot and printing that off and like hanging it up, which is funny. Um, and, and
1: you're not we finally, to that. no, you know, I'm, <laughs> it's, it's kind of like when people rip music, like at least they're listening. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. I, Brian and I are so not probably the typical business people. When we see that, we're like, yeah, I could come down on this, but I'm not going to. Um,
0: because you like us. You really like us so yeah. much that you'll print a screenshot. Yeah, I mean, and I'll find other ways to
2: excite you. And you'll give me your money sooner or later. Yeah.
1: You're going to want <laughs> them. It's like, I, I've done stuff like that too, but like when you go to a site that you're like, oh, I love this website, and I've printed so much crap, or I've stolen so much stuff from them, eventually they're going to come out with something that you're like, I want the original of that. Yeah. yeah. And then you get it, yeah, and then they've got you, Yeah. which is great.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, either way, um, we started that business with no intention of making money, and it not just so it's like a happy that,
1: accident. It is,
2: but it also is something we. I mean, it pays three quarters of my paycheck. You know, it's like uh, we we rely on the income from that business pretty heavily. Mm-hmm. So it's important that we do make money. and We do sell things, but. That's not our first, first priority. Our first priority is get the product in people's hands, see how it impacts their life, see how it delights them or puts a smile on their face every day. and then.
1: How long has it been around again?
2: Since 2010.
1: So 2010, it's been seven years. How have you guys changed in those seven years?
2: Well, one, I, I think we've gotten smarter about the way we do things.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I mentioned that we've been remote, so mm-hmm. that's been a massive change. Um, But we've actually started focusing more on service-based things. So doing workshops, uh, we've always done lectures. That's always been a big part of our, our offering. But now offering, we launched Lorem Fucking Ipsum in 2014, and that's been one of our big traffic contributors. We're not able to market through any traditional mediums, like Facebook or any kind of promoted ads on Instagram. So we continually try to think about how we can develop services that, that are kind of internet popular
0: creative.
1: yeah
2: so you have, it's like like again putting limitations around the idea mm-hmm. and forcing yourself to then
1: think outside the box yeah. think inside the box think inside the box right. technically because these are your limitations mm-hmm. but you can get creative oh that's something that we talked about that's something now. that I talked about thinking yeah. inside the box yeah. and, limitations.
2: and you know we sometimes we come out with ideas for products and they'll sit for like two years and it's just like where it's almost like the advice we're waiting, we're waiting for the right timing
0: so you want to give us a sneak peek? What's 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 waiting on the back burner? We're
2: waiting on the back burner at the moment. We're just finishing up the second round of revisions on a book proposal.
0: Ooh. So we're
2: hoping to get that out and, and find a publisher. Self-published? OK. No, no, we're, I mean, We're going to try to do this the traditional way. Um, caution Any, anyone,
0: Anyone
2: <laughs> who's willing to bite. I, we know we have the right content for a book. It's just a matter of getting it in the hands of someone who thinks that they have the distribution channel to put out something that might have profanity in it. Nice.
0: Book title? Just uh,
2: everybody swears.
0: Come on, that is amazing.
1: Well, we hope so. <laughs>
0: yeah, I hope so. Most people swear. I just don't.
2: Yeah, uh, I meet yeah. a lot of people that don't. I just gave a talk at the Cooper Hewitt, um, not too long ago last week actually, and it was to a bunch of K through 12 educators. <laughs> so it's it's it, you know it's
0: they probably do, but it's not. Within their right, right. classrooms, <laughs> it's um, not that like I super care like if other people do like as long as I'm not around my natural. children. It just I sound really awkward. Yeah,
2: <laughs> profanity is good in a way that it invites the right audience to the table. Mm-hmm. It's people. The it's specific it's, audience. Yeah, it's a specific audience, but it also limits the conversation. And in that case, I didn't lead with profanity. I don't come in like, Oh, here's what I do. Um, I open their eyes a little bit, and then I kind of slip it under the door. Mm -hmm. And some people are, like, taken back by it. Um, In that situation, you know, hopefully you can recover and, and gain their trust. And it's kind of an exciting opportunity to bring a different kind of thinking to a conversation that is typically... They're they're kind of expecting what the conversation will be mm-hmm. like, and when you show up, they're a little bit like, oh, what?
1: I think I think I like that approach because you went in there, you taught them a few things, you showed that you are a person who has an IQ higher than
0: eighty. Yeah. And well, they, that, thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I mean I don't know for, what IQ numbers are good. Yeah, is yeah. that yeah. is that low? Is eighty low? It's pretty. Low. Or like average. It's pretty low. It's, it's not like ball scores. It's, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Um. <laughs> right I mean I knew that much There you go <laughs> um.
1: But You Profanity is generally
0: I don't know it, It's compared to like People who are Dumb You know It's it's never been thought oh, Right like, They say that like A lot of people that cuss a lot Like just don't have the intelligence To think of better or words Higher vocabulary Yeah uh, But like you went in there You said everything but those words Yeah
1: You showed them And then you're like And by the way Here's what I do Yeah
2: <laughs> I think Uh there are so many different articles about profanity and intelligence and high IQ or low IQ mm-hmm. and who uses profanity it's changing more and
0: over time for sure. It is. It's almost it's a perception.
2: Yeah, it's becoming a a tool in a way.
0: I was just gonna say. I went to um, so the Behance portfolio review. I was yeah. a reviewer and um, the speaker that we had. She was. She had a mouth, but there was times where I was honestly like really glad about it because you could tell that she was maybe losing people and it was almost like a, a way even though it was like in context it wasn't just random it was like it was for emphasis and things like that but it was like you kind of wake up a little yeah you like kind of go wait that's what? not what i need. yeah you just like sit up
2: yeah and that's the beauty of it that's why you don't go in spraying it everywhere <laughs> yeah. you right. just wait to kind of like go whoa what's be strategic
0: that? just drop a little calm
2: that feels good <laughs> I can't say that at home um,
0: <laughs> Tell me more.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and my husband doesn't catch either, so, like, Michelle does sometimes when she's really fiery mad. Yeah, yeah. it's most, It's mostly out of passion. It's yeah. not like it's definitely know. passion. Yeah,
2: we do get a lot of comments about uh, when we give lectures or uh, go out and meet people or have meetings, like, people are like, why didn't you leave with them? It's like, you don't need to. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, there's just... There's other avenues. And for a long time, um, we had clients who had no idea we were doing that. We had a a separate moniker, a separate channel for those kind of clients, Mm -hmm. and that way we could keep the two separate.
1: So
0: does your your client business have a different name?
2: Uh, It did for a long time, and then we kind of said, we don't necessarily, like those clients kind of decided to do their own thing over time or go in different directions.
0: or maybe they found
2: other people to do the work, so we've like, kind of closed the doors on that and then focus more on just... If you don't want GFTA, move on. You along. don't want it. Yeah, yeah. I can't, can't, can't offer you anything else.
1: I like that. Yeah. yeah. I think Probably that's... Probably better. Yeah, it's <laughs> better more focused.
2: Better and worse. Some of the clients we worked for were nonprofits, and they were really doing something worth our time. And if we had put ourselves under that profanity-laden name... I think it would, have, it would have affected their donors or their ability to generate impact and that's something that Brian and I don't want to do. Is
1: your name like forefront like whenever you work with someone or, like, or a business like do they know that like...
2: It depends. Know. It depends. Yeah. Uh, if it's a circumstance like last earlier this year I got asked to do some lettering for somebody and then they asked me personally not GFTA and then they did some digging and once they found out I was connected to it they said no. Oof. and I respect that because if they had if it had affected their charity at yeah. all I would have been like Whoa. I mean that's I would have been really so bad. disappointed yeah. yeah and it wasn't really about that it's like I'm glad you did your due diligence and you recognized this before I did because it's not you know I, it, uh, that's not the intention
1: right
2: I don't want you to lose business or lose opportunity because I was involved that's not why I created what I created it's yeah
1: not, I like that that's smart so yeah Everyone's got to
0: do their research.
2: Yeah, everybody's got to do their own thing.
0: hmm I don't have that problem. I'm just me. Yeah. No. My business is just me. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, I think it goes... To, I think it's part of you, too. Yeah. Like, like you... You said that you... Everything you do has a little bit of you in there. hmm So... I guess technically, like you're connected to it regardless. Yeah, there's
2: nothing I can do at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I think early on we were very worried whether our careers would either be like completely smashed, and we were just like, fuck, what, what did we get ourselves yeah. into? Or we were just like, it's going to be great. You know, there was every, no, every, like, every day was out. like, no, it up, might or work out. up or down. Up or down. Yeah, the first, uh, I'd say two years yeah. of growth were probably the, the greatest career high you've ever had.
1: Which Before is I've ever had, so yeah. the opposite of what people experience. Yeah. It's I mean, like usually me, the yeah. first two years Probably are like, yeah. yeah, like how are we going to keep this going? Should we still go?
2: Yeah. <laughs> I we mean, we faced a lot of that but just the outpouring of feedback and every day, like if, if you made a change or you tweaked something, you got immediate response and the audience was so powerful and it was just like, it, oh, it that that sense of people responding to everything you create whether it's buying it or having a conversation it's like a little high
0: it's a little endorphin it was a two year high yeah
2: you know it made doing accounting or any other kind of bullshit work
0: so much (laughs) worth it
2: yeah it was like invisible right
1: so good Uh,
2: seven years later I can say that it's a lot once you really have to start selling a product versus it being a viral tool Mm -hmm. it's a lot more like oh that's how you do marketing oh that's how you sell products.
0: this is how you have to work for the past five years have been more of a learning
2: grind yeah yeah so i'm glad i've had both because i've been able to experience what it's like when it's really screaming everything's moving on and i've i've figured out how to make it work when it's dead
1: when the past five years when you've been when you've been doing the grind when you've been in it have you did you in the beginning did it feel like failure did it feel negative at all
2: oh i think there were moments of failure for sure especially in like trying to develop the product we did all the production ourselves. What was so your first
0: product? Poster? Poster? Yeah. T
2: shirt, like actually. The
0: t shirt? Yeah. Okay. Hmm.
2: Just because we. I think the first one I saw was the poster. Yeah. We launched t shirt and poster at the same time. But uh, that was like a whole debacle trying to get that produced. And we were trying to do it all under our own roof. Um, so it was kind of a mess. I mean, hmm. that was like, those are the first feel- feelings of failure.
0: So, Michelle, where can people find us now that we're not in New York? Well, you can find us in Albuquerque, New Mexico, or on all (laughs) forms of social media via at
1: Brandy C. Spell your name.
0: B-R-A-N-D-I-S-E-A. And where can they find you? They can find
1: me on Instagram, but I'm a private profile at Michelle Brandsfo
0: is my you need to make name. a not private. Oh it's just because otherwise they're just following.
1: Here's me. the thing though, I tried to make it not private, and then like these dumb people would follow me and then they would unfollow me so fast I was like, I just hit a thousand followers and I was back down to like 990. Not that it's like a big deal, but it was just <laughs> annoying to watch my number fluctuate
0: that much. You it was like, like you're just stepping not on the scale to count here your numbers. (laughs) My calories. That's why I don't have a scale in my house. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's just depressing.
1: Yeah, maybe I'll think about it. Otherwise, (laughs) just request to follow me, and if you are definitely not a robot, I will accept you. (laughs) And I post things about my kid, and right now the sky
0: because i've been really liking new mexico clouds right now so we actually finally after many many weeks of waiting and patiently, begging. <laughs> begging and pleading um it was just a comment that i got from a listener slash follower of my instagram on my instagram but it was in regards to this podcast so i wanted to read it um his name is isaiah garcia his uh, his tag is i say uh I say, say uh. uh <laughs> I'm not sure if it's like a grunt or if it's like, nah. uh, like I'm thinking. Yeah, it's like, a, I, it has to be like uh. A, uh I hope so. know, <laughs> oh, that's really awkward. <laughs> Anyways, so this is what he said. Um, I'm loving the podcast so far. I recently was going through a creative slump and just wasn't getting creative or wanting to go through the process or make new ideas. And then I listened to your creative discouragement episode and it really helped inspire me. Hooray! Yay! So we're doing good. We're doing things. We're making it, guys. We're really so, making it. Yeah. So that's that's from Isaiah. We want to hear from you guys. We want to know what, what is actually helping you. What episodes are sticking out to you. Some questions you might Please. have regarding the design world. I'm learning too much. Sorry. <laughs> She's learning
1: too much. I'm learning too much and I need to know your questions. Although I feel like I do have some quote unquote dumb questions still that I will ask soon. So you'll have to stay tuned for those. Yeah, for my dumb questions. What does Michelle say next? Michelle's dumb question of the week. <laughs> oh my gosh, that really should be a thing. <laughs> Michelle's dumb question of the week. So now you can make a jingle. Yeah. Oh man, now Just I kidding. really have to get to it. Um, a huge thanks to Vespertine for allowing us to use his amazing music as our intro and outro it's his song shatter in the night go check it out on itunes and once again everything
0: here is also going to be on our show notes yes show notes you can rate us like us on itunes last week um was a failure because i did the show notes and not michelle and uh where it says more show notes are coming they're still coming they're still on their way don't (laughs) just don't even worry about it they'll they'll be there So I hope you guys enjoyed this uh, special interview from the one and only New York City, and we will see you guys next week. Precious will fade in a grim mystique, but we go.